Cupid on a stone away, so sick upon a stone away, the sailors drown. See them talk and see them drown, see them drink and fall around up on the floor. Sister of mine, home again. One person here, you have to say yes or no. You can hear me. That's all that matters. I'll, you can hear me? Hell yeah. Literally everyone here can hear me. Uh, all right. I think we can cut the music and get this thing started. Hello to the roaring crowd at Muni Radio. <sighs> Settle down. Back there. Settle down. We need to get the show Jesus Christ. Some people, these mobs of people, they come in, they think they run the show just because they have like a group of 30, and it's ridiculous. I'm sick of it. So we're going to get started here with a couple of jokes. Hopefully it, it applies to some of you groups of people. I know you can't make jokes that apply to everybody here, but we're going to really try and make at least like like 40 or 50 of you happy tonight. How are you doing, Rachel? You're great. That's good. That's all I want to know. I'm, I'm happy. I don't need any more details out of you. And what's your name? Nick. Nick. Very nice to meet you. I'm going to have no follow-ups for any of you. I just want to know everyone here. Oh, my goodness. Open mics. Am I right? All right. Let's tell some jokes, huh? It's probably, yeah. Uh, I went to Vegas a couple of weeks ago, which was cool. Um, I lost $350, but I did find three wallets, so broke even um the interesting part about my trip though wasn't vegas it was the trip there because as i was going through tsa there's a guy in front of me like a skinny little white kid like one of those white kids where they're like skinny but they you know they eat twinkies they just like are skinny and he had a metal band shirt on that said suicide boys and he walked through tsa no story and that's how I realized white privilege is real. Could you imagine any non-white person wearing a shirt that says Suicide Boys and just getting through TSA? If you look like even this level of white, I feel like you should still get stopped for that. White privilege is cool. It's not perfect, though. There are some negatives, um, like sunburn suck. Uh, I, got, I got sunburned a lot. I got... You ever get so sunburnt that you realize you're fat? 
I spent today shirtless a few weeks ago, and I look down at the end of the day, my body is beet red, beet red, beet red, pale white. Because apparently the top half of my love handles is acting as a sort of patio umbrella for the rest of my body. You can rent me out for birthdays and picnics and weird outdoor bar mitzvahs. It's like, don't, don't, don't picture it, but like picture it. My body, just this sphere, half red, half white, separated by the belly button, looking like the world's hairiest pokeball. Just press me in the belly like the Pillsbury Doughboy, a Charmander comes out. I'm gonna f figure out a tag for that. The thing that sucks though was that I used sunscreen. Like I used sunscreen. I lathered my whole body up. Don't picture it. My whole body up with sunscreen. Still got sunburned. I used banana boat sunscreen. Okay, that's like $9.99. It's not expensive, but it's not cheap. Still get sunburned. Go to Target after for some aloe vera. Aloe vera. $25. Also made by banana boat. What kind of a pyramid scheme is Banana Boat running that they make more money when their product fails? That's not right. That's like finding out that the people who make Gerber baby food also make Lifestyles condoms. <laughs> Actually, they might. <laughs> like finding out your therapist has invested heavily into rope and stationery. It's like, I'm not gonna trust you. Speaking of people I don't trust, I think Spencer's coming in. What, what? Oh, we're all so excited. It'll be fun. Go see Spencer Devine, Cobb's Comedy Club, or Muni Radio. One of those is free. Um, how you doing, buddy? Cool. Uh, <laughs> no, sunscreen. I'm a very hairy person, which means that sunscreen is... For most people, sunscreen like shields you from the sun when you're at the beach, but if you're hairy, it just acts as sand adhesive. That's all it is. It just, it just clumps everywhere. It's not even even clumps. Don't picture it. It's really... It's bad, it's gross, it's not, being me isn't fun is what I'm trying to tell you. I'm doing a storytelling show after this. And they're like, all right, you have to do 10 minutes, you don't have to be funny. I'm like, that's not gonna be a problem for me, that's, that's okay. All right, uh, I'll do one, by the way, who wants to go first? All right, Melissa? Perfect, all right, you're gonna go first, I'll do one more joke real quick. Uh, let's try this one out. I. I think it's weird when like serial killers, you know, someone kills a bunch of people and then they're like front page news, like the Boston bombers, front page news when they kill people and they, they're everywhere. They're on Time Magazine. You see their face everywhere. I think we should treat serial killers more like they treat streakers at NFL games, right? Just like every time there's a streaker, they cut the broadcast away and the broadcasters are just like, I, I can't believe anyone would do something this horrible. They, 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 they must be mentally ill if they want to make this entire thing about themselves. This is not why we are here. We are not here to pay attention to you. And then it's like, which one of the Boston Bombers is cutest? It's like, what the fuck is this world coming to? All right, uh, six minutes apiece, yeah? 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 All right, I'll let you have one. Coming up to the stage, she's my new best friend. Give it up for Melissa! Uh, I read the news this morning. Oh, oh my God. I'm never doing that again. That's horrible. Some people do that every day. I'm going to do something different. I'm going to tell you a story tonight. 
This is the story of a one-night stand that I had. I was a young 23-year-old, very adventurous, traveling. I was in Thailand, and I was at this bar club dancing, and it was like a 20-to-1 male-female ratio. It was great. I was having a blast. I was drinking. I was getting drunker and hornier. I was like, oh, I can pick whichever guy I want. Like, I was grinding on like Marco from Spain, Sven from Sweden. And I was like, I am totally getting laid tonight. And then the crowd started thinning. There were less and less men to choose from. And I was like, fuck, I don't know. I just have to pick one. And the guy I was dancing with was a good dancer. He was French. And I was like, you know what they say, if they're a good dancer, they'll be good in bed, right? I picked him, I went to his hotel, and that is when I learned that dancing does not correlate to making love ability. He pumped and dumped, which has a very different meaning now that I'm 37 and all my friends have babies. But he, it was like two pumps, he fell asleep, and I was like, man, I picked wrong, but we used a condom, I'm safe, he didn't murder me, you know, at least there's that. This was a very risky choice by me. I'm like, fine, I'm just going to go back to my friends and be like, all right, I just slept with this French guy named, fuck. His name's not fuck, what is his name? And for some reason, in my 23-year-old brain, it is totally fine to have a one-night stand. If you know their name, but not knowing this guy's name was too much for me. It just felt too icky. And I was like, all right, I am going to figure this out. He is totally asleep. So I see all these ticket stubs on the nightstand. I go through those. None of them have a name on them. And I'm like, shit, was his name Marco? No, that was the Spanish guy. Was it Sven? No, that was the Swedish guy. How am I going to figure this out? I go into his pants. I grab his wallet. It is only cash in there. There's no ID, nothing. Like a serial killer. Thank God he's asleep. Still can't figure it out. And then I see his luggage, and there's a bag tag. And I'm like, yes, I am going to learn this French guy's name. And I open the tag, and his name is Guy. I slept with a random French guy. <laughs> it was so disappointing. Yeah, imagine how I felt. I don't know if there's more there. That's my first time telling that story to strangers, so thank you so much. Thank you, Mutiny Radio. Ooh. Here's my other, uh, no segue. I do jujitsu to defend myself against potential future serial killers, I guess. Uh, if you don't know, it's a martial art, a lot like wrestling. So it's grappling on the floor, and it sounds very tough and badass, but uh, not the way I do it. <laughs> like, to me, I got into it because I used to dance, and so when I'm in class, to me, I'm learning choreography. You know, I'm like five, six, seven, eight. That was a rear naked choke. Killed this microphone. <laughs> no, it's still working. Uh, so some people are like, oh, that's very bad. I bet you could kick my ass. I'm like, no, I've never been in a real fight. 
I'm so non-confrontational. Like if someone tried to rob me, I would just give up, give him, give him whatever they want. I am such an easy target. I probably shouldn't say that on a microphone in the middle of San Francisco when it's getting dark and I'm about to leave here alone. <laughs> and now I just told you that. <laughs> God, on the one night I have $300 cash and an unregistered laptop in my bag. <laughs> Thank you. The other thing I get about jujitsu is people are like, oh, you're wrestling with men. Like that must feel super sexy. And it doesn't feel like that at all. Like when I'm fighting a guy, like if he gets on top, all I am thinking about is how am I going to get him off? And when I get top position, I am just laser focused on what technique am I going to use to finish? So it's not sexual at all. Thank you so much, Muni Radio. Give it up for Josh for hosting. Keep going. Now stop. Hammer time. All right. Next up, she is very, very funny, and you can catch her at the Silver Cloud Showcase this Tuesday in the marina. I heard that's a really cool show and doesn't have three people show up at all. Please give it up for Rachel Vinson. I dated this guy, and he told me that he was a pathological liar, but how could I believe him? <laughs> I had this roommate, and we would get along. Like, we pretty much agreed on everything, but we would fight all the time, and it didn't make any sense. He told me it was my tone, so I told him, I agree. And then we still kept fighting. Something you might have noticed doing open mic comedy is that you don't really see a lot of women doing crowd work. And I think I figured it out. I think it's because women love talking about ourselves. <laughs> we do. <laughs> We're like five minutes uninterrupted. Oh my God, I didn't even get that with my Uber driver. <laughs> it's good. I did an all-female showcase um, in Denver at a lesbian bar. And I realized afterwards, like getting drunk with all these lesbian strangers that really nothing makes me feel safer than getting drunk with a bunch of lesbian strangers. <laughs> They're all like, oh, you get home safe. No, we will. You get home safe. Oh, we're going to make sure she gets home safe. We're all going to be safe. And like, even if I'm drinking alone in my apartment, there's still no guarantee that I'm not going to wake up next to some strange dick, you know? But the lesbians, they got me. They're good. Does anyone here work in the tech industry? You do? You do? Okay, it, you can come out to me, I'm safe. I know, like, uh, people like scurry when they say that, a lot of people don't want to admit it, and they're like, uh, you know, because I get it, like, I'm a techie sympathizer, okay, and I know what they say about you, that you're kicking people out where they used to live, you're making our sandwiches 15 fucking dollars, and now our beers are nine, and no one can afford to be here, but like, I get it, like, like my brother's a techie, um, in Kentucky, he doesn't make any money. I, like, I fucked a Google software engineer. Like, who hasn't in this city, you know? I'm a techie sympathizer. And with all these new technologies, like, it's not your fault. It's not your fault that technology keeps moving rapidly and we need people to keep up with it. And there's, like, a lot of fun activities that come with it, you know, like uh, jumping in front of the, uh, the self-driving cars to see if they stop. That's a fun new pastime for me. 
like seeing someone on a one wheel and being like papa wheelie and they can't and it's adorable and then like finding them in the wild and like trying to talk to them in person and they're like oh i can't swipe she's an extrovert and then watching them scurry it's so much fun you guys it's so much fun so if anyone here works in tech i sympathize with you you get a lot of shit and if you want to help me with my startup it's my kia it needs help starting up and that would be appreciated i i have two moms and um a homophobic dad and i think that he thinks that he turned my mom gay but I really think it's the other way around. I think my gay moms turn them homophobic. Like it only works one way. It doesn't work the other way, you know? And I'm having this like heart to heart with him. We're going through old photos. And uh, it, it's strange because like now that he's getting older, he's like pretending to be a religious, like cheap insurance. It's weird. And I saw this picture of my stepmom that my mother married. Uh, she was really young. I'm like, whoa, there's my stepmom. She looks so young here. And he's like, no, I don't. I don't really see her as your mom. No, because I think that God put men and women on this planet to procreate. And I was like, okay, dad, if I'm following that logic, why did God make gay people? And he said, well, I don't think he did because God's a man in this scenario. And I'm like, okay, okay, I get it. So for years, I thought my dad was homophobic, but it turns out he's actually just a skeptic. Like he doesn't think gay people exist. No matter how many videos I show him, he's just like, no, that's a CGI cock. <laughs> no, AI's getting really good. It's getting really good now. What else did I want to work on? I, I have this thing, I'm like, I'm just gonna, I'm not gonna write it down. I'm just gonna go up there and wing it and like try to remember all these thoughts. Did anyone else grow up with an alcoholic father? No, you guys are sound like I did. I grew up with an alcoholic father, but um, a really like fun drunk, like a happy drunk. So it wasn't bad. It was just like he just told me he loved me a lot. <laughs> and I was like, oh, you love me and you're proud of me. That's cool. Can you pick me up from school, though? Like, <laughs> And like, I'm a lot like him. Like, I'm really fun when I get drunk, you know right? I'm really happy. And that's how I know I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem. I'm a fun drunk, you know? I have, I go through this thing where, um, this is not the right audience for this, you guys, but let me tell you something. <laughs> let me tell you penis have or something. Like, I don't know if you realize this, but there is a product for women for every single part of our bodies, from our hair follicles down to our toenails. Like you guys have that three-in-one fucking shampoo, conditioner, body wash, whatever. I don't know, but we have to have like fake eyelashes and fingernails and like uh, like belly button wrinkle cream. I didn't know I needed that. Like what the fuck is that? You know, like every, like our whole self-worth is tied to our fuckability and if we're attractive enough and if we're good enough and if we're not good enough for a man, then all the other women are gonna make fun of us and we have to keep buying products and it gives me these complexes and it makes me feel weird. Like I don't like looking at videos of myself on stage, right? And if I don't want to look at it, I don't want anyone to see it. If I don't want to see it, I'm like, why did I do that? Why didn't I, why did I wear that outfit? Why didn't anyone tell me not to wear that outfit? Oh my God, I should have wore a bra or brushed my hair or something. Oh my God, it looks so bad. And my, my roommate is like, oh my God, relax. You going on and on about how bad you look is just as vain as if you're going on and on about how good you look. And I'm like, damn, now I'm ugly and vain. Like, what are these fucking standards? It never ends.
wins. All right. Thanks for listening. Zero crowd work. Rachel Pinson, just remember, if you fuck a techie, it is a tax write-off, so just keep track. All right, this next guy, he's coming up. He's very fun, and please give it up for D-Rush! Hey, what's up? Keep it going for your host, Less Handsome Sam Morell. <laughs> um, yeah, you guys look like you're ready to start an emo pop punk band. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, indeed. Hell yeah, indeed. You guys are all dressed in black, too. You got the, you got the fits for it. Um, so, uh, you guys have a good Halloween? Didn't seem like a very genuine yeah from Rachel. The rest of you guys are like, no, it was depressing like the rest of my fucking life. But um, I, I was at this Halloween party, and shit kind of went down. Shit was um, like, um, there were these two shirtless dudes at this party. Like, they had costumes, but their costumes were just, like, an excuse for them to be shirtless, you know, to just be sluts, just be disgusting whores, you know? But, um, anyway, like, one of the guys went up to the other guy, and they were like, um, and he was like, hey, man, how much do you bench press? Like, they didn't know each other. That was his icebreaker. And, like... The way he said it was kind of like, hey, man, this party's not big enough for the both of us to have our nipples exposed. One of us is going to have to put on some layers. It was, it was a scary confrontation. Like, that, that's why, generally speaking, when I go to social engagements, I try to keep my nipples covered. I'm scared of confrontation, so that's how I roll. Um... My sister got me tickets to see Hamilton, um, yeah. and I saw it, and I'll tell you what, guys, I fucking hated that shit. I had a horrible time. Like, I don't really fuck with plays, like, as a medium, you know? Like, I feel like plays are for people who want to seem smart but are too lazy to read a book. Like, I feel like that's the demographic they're chasing. Like, I, I hate plays, dude, like... If I, was, if I was in the audience, okay, when Abraham Lincoln got shot, I would have been like, whoa, thank God. Now they're going to end this shit early. <laughs> thanks, for the, thanks for the sound effects, Spence. But um, no, for real, like Abraham Lincoln, you know, like he took one for the team, you know, like that was a great American. Like, first he freed the slaves, then he freed all the guys stuck at plays. Like, <laughs> died how he lived. Um, yeah, I fucking hate, like, I, I don't like people who act in plays either. I know that sounds vaguely homophobic, but let me explain. <laughs> like, I don't like people who act in plays because I feel like they're just people who are too ugly for TV shows or movies. And then they just had to perform for audiences who were sitting kind of far away from them. Like you have to put binoculars on and you got to be like, damn, this guy is hella ugly. I don't want to watch this play anymore. Um, dude, I feel like adults being in plays is a failure of society. 
Like, this is what happens when you don't bully a theater kid hard enough. They just do Hamlet monologues and shit. Like, Horatio, I knew the, like, shut up, dude. Talk about something from the last 200 years. No. Plays. Um, hey, what's up, Raphael? This is a good time for you to enter. I was just going to talk about how, like, sometimes I feel like I have trouble on stage connecting to white people. <laughs> And I, I really want to fix that, you know? I really want to connect to everybody. Like, so I decided to enter the white mind a little bit. I went to a rodeo. This is real. I went to a rodeo in Gilroy, California. And, like, it, it was an ex interesting experience, man. Like, um, you know, there were these dudes riding on bulls. Like, everyone was getting hyped. Like, yeah, ride that fucking bull. Let's go. And, like, I, I was kind of confused. I was like, I'm not sure I, like, understand the appeal here. Then, um... This one guy gets on a bull, and like, you know, they do this announcement for, all right, your next rider, he's a hometown hero, give it up for Gilroy Zone, Tyler Williams, like the crowd's like going crazy, like, yeah, Tyler, let's go. This guy gets on the bull. He gets thrown off within like three seconds, and he gets gored. And I was like, holy shit. I get it now, this is fucking sick. Like, like white people went off when they made this one like like dude like rodeos charcuterie boards nirvana those were the three best things to come out of the white race but no you guys have been great thank you so much give it up for josh thank you i'm less good looking sam Marill, so give it up for equally creepy to women aziz ansari <laughs> fuck you all right are, are you are you a comic all right, coming up next, he's going to be headlining Cobb's Comedy Club, so watch him now so you don't have to go to that. Give it up for Spencer Devine. Uh, give it up, everybody, for the Uber driver who tells you about his podcast. Okay, thank you so much. <laughs> I was hoping Daraj would do that joke again because uh, you were talking about when nerds don't get bullied enough, they act in plays. It's like, no, when nerds get don't get bullied enough, they start a goddamn city. <laughs> Look around you. This is what happens. Driverless ghost cars steal jobs from regular American cars. That's what goddamn happens. And nerds are more resilient than cockroaches. You can't get rid of them. We tried. We put them all in a bus. We sent them to the middle of the desert. Okay? Nothing out there. They start a festival. Start lighting, start lighting shit on fire. We didn't know there was shit out there to light on fire. And they're like, don't worry. We brought our own shit to light on fire. We've made the desert the most dangerous environment on Earth more dangerous. <laughs> fucked up. Scorpions and bad acid? This is terrible. I didn't want any of this. Uh, I've been thinking about the phrase can't wait when you tell someone about something exciting and they're like, oh yeah, can't wait. And I'm like, you have to. <laughs> 
You have to. That's how time works. Uh, my birthday is coming up. Oh, I can't wait. Oh, you can't wait. Let me just reach into the time-space continuum for you. And I'll just go into the stores and I'll find every calendar. And I'll rip a week off just for you, Kevin. It's like what the phrase, oh, I can't wait for jury duty. Do you mean you don't want to wait for jury duty? Is that what you mean? Or do you mean jury duty's right now? There's no time. We're here. And like, unless you're being ironic, okay, and you're like, oh, I can't wait for jury duty. And that means you never want to stop waiting. And that doesn't make a goddamn lick of fucking sense. Okay, I'm a dog person, okay? Anyone here a dog person? Yeah, all right. That's a more serious question than it used to be, okay? In the 1950s, very straightforward. Hey, are you a dog person? Of course I'm a dog person. I'm not a communist, all right? Have a good day in America. Hello, my darling. Hello, my baby. And that was the 1950s, I'm pretty sure. Uh, today, it's a very serious question. Uh, when someone asks you, are you a dog person, what they mean is are you gonna kill me and make a tracksuit out of my skin? Like, is that is a very Jeffrey Dahmer litmus test of questions. If people wanna know if you're a cat person, that's a health check, okay? They just wanna make sure you're okay. If, if people wanna know if you're a lizard person, it's because they control the government. <laughs> but it's the most ridiculous conspiracy. Oh, what if everyone in our, the top leaders of our government are lizards? You would notice, okay? Have you ever seen Joe Biden just doing a speech, running around in the sunshine? He stops in the shade and licks his own eyeballs? That's a lizard person, okay? Have you ever been at lunch with someone and the whole, they, the whole layer of skin comes off? That might be eczema. Be more sensitive. Okay, have you ever had a friend suggest that you eat a cricket as alternative protein? That person's definitely a blizzard, okay? We still have chicken wings. We're not that desperate yet. <laughs> Make flour out of goddamn wheat while we still have it. Thank you. I, I'm, I'm, so I'm not a superstitious person. I think it's a waste of time and energy. Uh, what if under a ladder is the safest place to be in an earthquake, okay? And I don't, res I don't like my body image, so I'm going to break any mirror I goddamn want. And if it was such bad luck to break mirrors, why are they still so goddamn breakable? <laughs> Mate, there's tons of reflective shit that doesn't give me seven years of supernatural bad luck. That's all I'm saying. And I'll be damned if I give a black cat any more power over my life than it already has. This is an animal that can come up to me, lick its own butthole, and I still have to love and feed it. It's too much. I'm not going to play the floor is lava in my own apartment because you walked in front of me. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm Spencer Devine. Give it up for Josh. Spencer, everyone. He hates mirrors because when he sees them, he doesn't understand that that's not just another Spencer. It's confusing because he likes dogs that's a dog related joke this other person likes soap give it up for ian leglands thank you everybody i i love soap i haven't done that joke in so i forgot about that one 
it's not that good. So, uh, how about after the show, I'll, I'll say it to you in private. How about that? Is that okay, Spencer? Okay, good. <laughs> okay, start my time. Um, I'm a. I always, th- I always think I'm comfortable with my sexuality until I put on chapstick in public. That's always uh, where I check myself a little bit. You know, I'm like, I would eat ten bananas in front of people before I put on chapstick. And now I don't like that feeling. Like, why is it feminine to just like have nicely lubricated lips? Since when is that like a thing that we're not allowed to do anymore? But it gets to me. So now this is how I put on chaps. Like I just like I swell up like this. And I just go one, <laughs> two, three. I'm a man. This is cool. That's how I do it. That's how I get away with it. It's a whole thing, you know. One time, I, one time I put on chapstick and then my friend saw me putting on chapstick and it made him do it also. And you guys know the rule when you and your friend put on chapstick at the same time, you make out. That's the rule. <laughs> I just did it because that's, I got, you know, I don't make the rules, but I abide by them, you know? I just got to abide by it. Um, I am, uh, I was always jealous of children of divorce. Uh, because they had two Christmases. That was always, like, so cool to me, which is just so privileged. I was like, wow, you guys got two Christmases? So I immediately started to homewreck my own family. That's what I did. And it's my dad. I'm like, look, Dad, I know Mom doesn't go down on you anymore, so you got to wrap this up, okay? I want a Wii and a PlayStation by December. Let's get this done. I had this other friend, and uh, his parents were divorced, and his dad was Catholic, and his mom was Jewish, that's nine days of presents that I'm missing out on. That's not cool. So I went to my mom. I'm like, Mom, you know who will really take care of you? Abraham and Moses. You got to start reading the Old Testament. It's a hoot. Okay, that wasn't funny. Um, I got. I don't like. Okay, this is so. Uh, I don't. I, I got a problem with change. I don't like change. Not like Obama change. Like the physical coins. Like, I feel like we've evolved past the need of these things. Like, every time I'm buying something and I see the cashier and he goes into, like, every single one of the... Like, my blood just, like, boils. I'm, like, so pissed off. See, don't give me... Especially, don't give me a fucking dime, dude. The most bitch-ass coin, the dime. I don't want the dime, okay? Second largest in value, yet smallest in size. Make that make sense. That pisses me off. Don't give me any fucking dimes. Next time I get, co- in, 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 I'm going to revolt against it. Next time I get given a bunch of change, I'm just going to walk into the street and be like, enough, and just chuck it at a moving vehicle. I've had enough of it. I don't like it. But I also, I work in retail, so I, I, I see the other side of it too. And old people do this thing where when you're ringing them up, they're like, oh, I just found a nickel. That'll help you out. And I'm like, actually, you just pissed me off, Beatrice. Actually, you better know how to fight because you're going to throw some hands at you. For giving me a nickel. Is that not relatable? Okay, good. Good. Good, good, good. I am uh, I'm six one. I I'm six six feet one inch tall. Thank you. Um I, I, I like being tall. I like being tall. I like hanging out with short people too. It's a good it's a good because you just become in charge when you're just hanging out with short people. If you're tall, you make all the decisions and they don't ask any questions. I'll just be walking in a direction. They're like, okay, we're going this way now. Ian's in charge. It's like Gandalf and the Hobbits. I'm like, let's go through the Misty Mountains. Let's get through this. It's cool. I like hanging with, I like hanging with the short kings. Short, that's what they call themselves, the short kings, which is not that flattering of a title. I don't know why that's what they went with. A short king? I don't, I, who wants to be a short king? It's like, doth thou needeth a booster throne? (laughs) 
do I need a piggyback ride around the castle? Like, you don't want to be a short king, in my opinion. I don't like that. And I don't like, I don't like when people add fractions to their height. I don't like that either. I think that's, you're doing a little too much there, you know? Like every time we do this, like, I'm five, five and three quarters. I'm like, oh, you want your diaper changed too? Because that's how babies talk. Babies use fractions after, you know, units of measurement. There's no woman out there that's like, I don't date guys that are five, five. Oh, wait, five, five and three quarters? Let me get that short king, put him up my cooter. Let's get this done. Um, okay, that's all I'm going to do. Thank you, everybody. Bye. Langland, but if there's no change, what will you have to not give homeless people? Okay. <laughs> all right, y'all ready for your last comic of the night? Oh my God, we're all so ready! That was my Spencer impersonation. All right, please give it up. He has, he's good at chess. Don't let it get to his head. Give it up for Raphael! It already got to my head, guys. I'm so good at chess. I beat a bunch of people at my Halloween party. It was awesome, including Josh Katsky. Fuck you, Josh. Um, <laughs> I literally, when you said when you said Obama change, I literally for a sec, I was like, he, is he on the quarter now? When, when did that happen? <laughs> I'm so dumb sometimes. Uh, I'm so quirky and dumb. Um, so I'm one of those I'm one of those people that uh, onions make me cry. Uh, you know, chopping onions makes me cry. Not for the reason you think though. It's because uh, it's because my dad used to chop onions before he beat me, <laughs> and it it really made me cry a lot. It really did. It made me cry so much, and that's why that's why I cry when I'm chopping onions now, because <laughs> I know I'm about to beat my kid. <laughs> And he's going to cry so much. It makes me very sad. It makes me very sad. <laughs> All right. It's an old joke that I brought back. So, <laughs> uh, so um, I went to one of those uh, Thai massage places a little while ago. I like those places. Those places are aw Aren't those places awesome? Isn't it awesome that you can just go get a hand job? Isn't that great that you can just go get? You can just go get one for like 90 bucks. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy that I know exactly how much a hand job costs? Isn't that wild that I just know it's $90? Isn't that crazy? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I don't do happy endings. I don't. I don't. I don't do happy endings because I cry every time. They're very sad. They're very sad. They're sad endings. She asked me at the end. She's like, do you want a happy ending? I'm like, no, <laughs> but I will take a hand job. <laughs> um, <laughs> Those places, those places have menus too. I don't know if you've ever been to a massage place. They have a little menu. Uh, and it's confusing because I only get a job. Uh, I get a massage like once a year, and they have a fucking menu. And they have like the Thai massage and the Swedish massage. No explanation for either of them. I'm just staring at this menu. I'm just standing there with a boner. I don't know which one of these I'm supposed to order. Okay, enough, enough, enough of that. Um, they also have the hot rock treatment. I don't know if you guys have heard of this. If you go to the, they have they have the hot stone treatment. I asked the lady, I was like, "What is what is that?" She's like, "We just put hot rocks on on your body." I was like, "Fucking from the sidewalk? What the hell are you talking about? Can you be more specific? What do you mean hot?" She's like, "We just put hot stones on your body. Like, do you want a hot stone treatment? It's a hundred dollars." I was like, "I think I got hot rocks at home. Actually, I think I can do that. I think I can handle that one. I'm pretty sure I can handle. That's literally Stone Age technology. It's stones and fire." I can do that without even having to start a campfire. It's so easy. I really can do it so fucking quickly. People just forget that you don't have to pay for shit. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, you know, I don't know. So I did. I went home and I heated up my own rocks and uh, uh, I burned them. It was really unfortunate. I heard, heated them up to 30 million degrees Fahrenheit. And I was like, fuck, how do I do this every time? 
left it in for way too long. Uh, but anyway, back to hand jobs. Uh, this is actually a true story. This did actually happen to me. Uh, this happened to me twice in, in Orange County. I walked into two separate massage parlors, and both times they tried to jerk me off. And one of the times was crazy. One of the times, I swear to God, like I, it was so weird. Like I walk in, and you know, like when you get a massage, they put you in the room, and then you got to take your clothes off. You lay in the bed, and you wait for the people, the lady to come in. And she came in, and she was wearing all these sexy yoga clothes, and I was like freaked out. I was like, oh my god, like. And she was like, what do you want? And I was like, I wanted a massage. And she kicked me out. She fucking made me leave. I swear to God, they gave me my money back and I left. I was like, holy shit, this place doesn't give massages at all. They're not even on the menu. That's not even an option. How is that even possible? It says massages right here. She was like, oh yeah, I bet you wanted a fucking massage, you creep. Get the fuck out of here. What the hell's wrong with you? You want me to rub your body for an hour? Get the fuck out of here. I'm here to jerk off people in 10 minutes and get paid way more. Uh... <laughs> but I really ran myself I really thought to myself I was like who the fuck is still getting hand jobs at these fucking massage places in this day and age who is still doing it because here's the thing you, don't, you think it's going to be pleasant like you think it's going to be like some sexy hot young lady both times it happened to me it was an old lady with strong arms and veiny hands like she's been jerking off so many men's her hands are turning into penises they're all veiny and thick and bendy they're all bendy and shit because she's just been jerking men off all day just bent in fucked up directions and then you're just laying on your back that's another fucked up thing about it you just have to watch yourself erupt into the air like old faithful just whoa <laughs> well look at how high it's going oh yeah <laughs> and it falls back down you just have to watch yourself it's like a white chocolate fountain at a buffet you're just like oh my god it doesn't look sanitary at all and then you have to just leave you just have to leave after that you just have to walk out into a sunny parking lot, find your car and drive home like you just committed a fucking murder. You're like, oh my God, I'm a monster. How am I going to face my family? You know, for someone who claims to have never done this, I do seem to know about the whole process from start to finish, don't I? I really do seem to know every step. Anyway, that was my time. You guys have been awesome. Thank you so much. Keep it going for your host, everybody. Woo! to finish am i okay uh dude that's crazy i saw a dude doing a hot rock treatment on the sidewalk that's called crack all right thank you all so much for your time i'm gonna dip out of here um go live your lives and do shit i don't know go practice your chest nerd stupid idiot who's not better he's so much better than me all right bye
on a raft without a patter. We'll gather around me sea dogs and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Patrick Namaste. Every Monday at 6 p.m., it's Joke Workshop, streaming live on MutinyRadio.fm. Lift the veil from your third eye on joke creation and what it takes to be a stand-up comic in the five shakasanas of San Francisco's comedy scene. This all-ages open mic invites com... Oh, pre-sign by Venmoing two to five dollars at Mutiny Radio. Join us live for a small and special audience at the Mutiny Radio Studio and Gallery Performance Space, two seven eight one Twenty First Street at Florida Street in the deep, deep, deep Mission. Every Monday at six p.m. Does my ponytail look cool? Thank you. Namaste. Tuesday used to be the most unlikely night for fun. But every week at 6 p.m., come to OMG's Tuesday Open Mic. And see comics work out new material for free. For free. They get your Tuesday night party on with two-for-one well drink specials during the 6 to 8 p.m. show. Check out Eventbrite to reserve your free seat every Tuesday, 6 p.m. At OMG on Savory 6th Street. Savory 6th Street. Show up to go up. Hey, kids. It's your pal, Spiderman. <laughs> Sorry, Spiderman. Mortimer Spiderman. When I'm not swinging through the senior facility, best in Mysterio at Boggle, or getting beautifully plowed by the Rhino, I'm headed down to Beauty Radio at the corner of 21st and Florida. They got some schlemiels doing the laugh laugh. But hey, don't be a schmuck and donate two to five dollars on. Hold, hold on, what is this? Let me get my glasses. The print's too small. Hold on. Venmo? That's not real. What is that, Swedish? You knew that, right? This is in San Francisco. I'll drown in on. It's nap time. Weekly comedy at the best neighborhood bar in the city. Join your friends from Mutiny Radio every Thursday at 8 p.m. at the Bar on Dolores at 29th and Dolores. Starting after any very important sports game that might happen to be on, you're guaranteed a night of laughter for free. And when paired with the drink specials and the nicest bartender in San Francisco, it'll become a Thursday ritual. Show up to go out for comics, and please reserve your free tickets on Eventbrite so we know you're coming to laugh. Happy hour the, is when the comedy is the cheapest. Happy hour, the most free 
two hours of hour-long comedy on the radio and internet streaming live at 2781 21st Street. Come down. Be in the audience. Dog-friendly. Dog fri- we are. Mutiny Radio is absolutely dog-friendly. A dog party. Ain't no party like a dog party. Dog party at Mutiny Radio. Every Friday, dog party at Mutiny Radio. Happy hour. 2781 21st Street. Happy hour. MutinyRadio.fm. Here in .sf. Calling all crusties, punks, and poses. Pick your posteriors up off the pavement. Pack up your pins and patches and prepare to party. The Pacific Northwest Vest Fest returns this Saturday only at the SeaTac Expo Center. Whether you're a leather lover or just a denim demon, if you're looking to dress to impress for less, do not stress. You'll find all the best in pre-distressed vests right here at the Pacific Northwest Vest Fest. With over 40 vendors selling countless crossover styles, you'll find the perfect thing for your scene. Metal, thrash, Walmart, high-vis, and everything in between. All in one place. One day only. Unless it's a jacket. If you need a jacket, take your square ass somewhere else. Never pay for fabric you don't need and ditch the sleeves, but save the rest for the Pacific Northwest Fest Fest this Saturday only at SeaTac. Bring a can of PBR, get it half price. Daddy, Daddy, what are we going to do today? At 2 p.m. on a Saturday afternoon? Oh, over there at the parklet in front of Atlas Cafe for Titans of Comedy. That, that's Titans of Comedy. Apparently, they've got great sandwiches, cafe drinks, and even some of my favorite beverages, like beer, wine, and sangria. All the things I drink to forget your mother. My new Uncle Blake says you smell like a brewery. What did I say about interrupting me? Anywho, right here on 20th and Alabama in the Deep Mission, paired with tasty comedy from Bay Area's favorite comics. For free! Every Saturday. Or at least the two Saturdays a month that the court mandates I have to see you. It's sunshine! And even in a drizzle, but not too much. Hey, Daddy, remember after soccer practice when it was raining and you didn't come? I really don't. Anywho. You take it with the freezers. Reservations. Reservations on Eventbrite. Fucking. L-S-D. Fap. Acid and fapping. Fapping and acid. Acid fapping. Fapping and acid. Fap, 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 acid. Thank you. That song is called Acid and Fapping. San Francisco Mutiny Radio San Francisco Mutiny Radio Listen to live streaming radio Or download a podcast And you can listen on the go Listen to live streaming radio Or download a podcast And you can listen on the go San Francisco Mutiny Radio San Francisco I was just leaving the theater Convertible 1969 gold Cadillac with the white material. I drove it up here. And I started to do some thinking. Around in it on the freeway, and I'm having a really, really good time. Flat black glass. Smoking big spliffs and cruising. Saturday, noon to two. On the freeway. Good feeling. I am a total fraud. Laurie Stone's voice is absolutely right. I am a petty, biased, and adolescent. 
And I will cut Hello, Blake. Shit. Henry! Yeah, Charlie here. Yeah. I have a report here, Henry, from your uh, from your chief nurse, Major O'Houlihan. She makes some accusations, Henry. I, I find pretty hard to believe. Uh, the dude minds, man. Captain Curls up in the head. Mutiny Radio Festival, ahoy! Ah, very good. Ah, very good, legless Joe. I'm surprised you can see from the crow's nest with no legs. It's to get ready. Crew, the festival is upon us. Scurvy Steve, how many comics? Over a hundred comics. You're looking good, Scurvy Steve. Glad the scurvy hasn't taken you. Aye, aye, Captain. You, no liver Mary, how many venues? We've got nine venues, sir. And you, boy, what's your name? Very good. And finally, Eleven Fingers Sally. What about the tickets? You can find all of your tickets on Eventbrite, sir. Check out www.mutinyradio.fm. What is that? I don't know what a website is. I'm a pirate. (laughs) (laughs) But quick to the festival. All sails ahead. Pirate noises. Don't 
and gentlemen, your guest producer, Mr. Irving Pitchell. answer to the proverb that a leopard cannot change its spots, we bring you tonight a gentleman who turns his back on many years of light and frothy rolls by which he climbed to stardom and takes the part of a ruthless, hard-as-nails detective in a drama as relentless as the crimes that it unfolds. He's Dick Powell, hailed so enthusiastically as Philip Marlowe in RKO's sensational success, Murder My Sweet. Co-starred with him in her screen role as the fatal and mysterious Helen is Claire Trevor. Also, June Dupre, whose natural loveliness would lead us to expect a touch of romance in our play. And towering above our microphones is Mike Mazurki, as the quietly alarming Moose Malloy. Four characters of widely different natures and conflicting motives, involved in one of the screen's most baffling and complex mysteries. A story that in its published form was one of the best-selling thrillers of our time. Most of the action of Murder, My Sweet takes place right here in Hollywood, not too far from our stage. If you saw the picture, you've seen many Hollywood sights from Malibu Beach to Sunset Towers, from the skyline of Los Angeles to the canyons of our hills. Landmarks as native to Hollywood as the radio and motion picture studios from which these dramas come. In fact, the name Lux on the outside of our theater is, I venture to say, as familiar a landmark in this capital of entertainment as Lux Soap itself is familiar in the dressing rooms of screen scar stars. A standard of complexion care from coast to coast, Lux Toilet Soap is a friendly link between your home and Hollywood. And now, we take you to the downtown section of our city on the first act of Murder, My Sweet, starring Dick Powell as Philip Marlowe, Claire Trevor as Helen, June Dupre as Anne, and Mike Mazurki as Moose Malloy. When you got something to say, start at the beginning. Okay. It's seven o'clock at night, and I'm in a two-by-four coupe I call my office. I sit at my desk and look at the sign on the door. Philip Marlowe, it says. Philip Marlowe, private investigator. Hmm. That's a nice title for somebody you go to see when you don't want to see the law. I was tired out. I'd been out peeking under old Sunday sections for a barber named Dominic whose wife wanted him back. I forget why. Anyway, I didn't find him, and the only reason I took the job was because my bank account was trying to crawl under a duck. I just found out all over again how big Los Angeles is. My brain felt like a plumber's handkerchief. I took out my little black book and decided to go grouse hunting. Nothing like soft shoulders to improve my morale. I'm dialing a number when the door opens and he walks in. The mountain that walks like a man. The biggest mug I ever saw outside of a side You, Marlowe? Yeah? I seen your name downstairs. They had the names that was in the building. You're a private eye, huh? That's right. I like you to look for somebody. I'm closed up, pal. I looked for her where she worked, but I've been out of touch. Come around tomorrow. We'll talk about it. 
I think maybe we should do it now. Let go of me, you big ape. I don't mean to do nothing. Here, I give you some dough. You come with me. Okay. Okay, I come with you. It ain't far. A cafe on Central Avenue. We can pick up a cab. The place was called Florian's. It looked like trouble, but that didn't bother me. The 220s, the big lug had dropped, felt nice and snug against my appendix. I tried to figure out who he was looking for. I tried to picture him in love with somebody, but it didn't work. They changed this place a lot. There used to be a stage and some booths. Lattice work and pink flowers. She was cute like a bug's ear. A redhead. Eight years since I've seen her. Six years she didn't write. But she'll have a reason. Yeah, yeah, she'd have a reason. What did you do here, singer? Yeah. Let's you and me nibble a couple. Hey, Jack. Yeah? Whiskey. Hey, boss, he's here again. He said you're here again. Yeah. I came in before. I tried to find her. Now, look, big boy, I told you once I'm sorry about your girl, but she ain't here. Her name is Velma. You never heard of Velma, Mr. Florian? She used to work here. You better drink up, Joe. That lady... At the end of the bar. Maybe she knows. I'll have to request you don't bother the customers, see? Lady, you remember a girl used to work here? Her name was Velma. You talking to me? I said leave the customers alone. So far you rate me polite, huh? I don't bother you none. Swallow your drink and get out of here. Get out of my way. <laughs> Come on, pal. Eight years is a lot of gin. They don't know anything about Velma here. Some guys has the wrong idea when it gets back. The boss was no lightweight, but Moose picked him up like a rag doll and dropped him in the corner pocket. Moose seemed a little dazed as he walked out, and I tagged after him down the street. That guy in there, he shouldn't have talked to me like that. Sure, sure, pal. What's the next stop? Who asked you to stick your face in? Remember me? I'm the detective you hired, Chunky. Oh, the name is Moose. Cut him, I'm large. Moose Malloy. That place ain't like it used to be. There used to be a stage and some boots. You said that. Maybe I told you too much. Maybe I... Let go of my arm. Huh? We was to be married, me and Velma. Well, you figure I've been them eight years I said about. Catching butterflies. San Quentin I've been. Look, you find Velma for me, huh? Has she got a last name? Velma Valento. Now you beat it. Sure, sure. How do I get in touch with you? I get in touch with you. Tomorrow, maybe. So tomorrow comes, and I'm thinking about Moose Malloy and that bucket of mud look on the face of the boss and Florian's when I hear footsteps coming my way down the hall. Moose was coming back, except it wasn't Moose. It was another new customer. Good-looking guy, well-dressed, like a movie star. Mr. Marlowe, my name is Marion. Come in, come in. Who put in the pitch for me, Mr. Marion? Pitch? Oh, no one, no one. I I saw your name in the classified section of the phone book. I'm in a clutch at the moment, Mr. Marion. You're what? I'm busy. I couldn't take on anything big. What have you got in mind? I'd like your services tonight for just a few hours. I'm meeting some men. I, I'm paying them some money. How much money and what for? I can't go into that. I've simply agreed to serve as the bearer of the money. Oh, you just want me to go along and hold your hand. I'm afraid I don't like your manner. Yeah, I've had complaints before, but it keeps getting worse. How much are you offering me for doing nothing? I hadn't got around to thinking about it. You suppose you could get around to thinking about it now? 
How would you like a swift punch on the nose? Oh, dear, I tremble at the thought of such violence. I, uh, I'll give you a hundred dollars. If that isn't enough, say it's so. It's enough, it's enough. This is all I can tell you. Some jewels were taken from a friend of mine in a holdup. I'm buying them back tonight. Where? I'm to drive my car to a rather secluded canyon near Malibu. Uh-huh. We drive out there to buy back some jewelry for a lady friend. I didn't say that. Chances are that these men, whoever they are, don't intend roughing you up if you play ball. But they wouldn't like you being twins. Now, one of us might get hurt. No, Mr. Marriott, I'm afraid I can't do anything for you. I see. But I'll take your hundred bucks and tag along for the ride. One more thing. Yes? I carry the shopping money and I do the driving. Very well. We drove down that night. Somehow I knew we were being watched. I didn't see anything. The fog was a nice dish of puree St. Germain. I felt it coming. I was a toad on a wet rock and a snake was looking down my neck. Slow down. We're getting near the spot. Shh, quiet. There should be some white posts along the road. Pull in your head. In back of the white post, there's a path. The path goes down into a hollow. That's where we're to wait. Hey, hey, look. Huh? White post. All right, stop the car. Now, you sit tight. I'll go down and have a look-see. Have you got a flashlight? Yeah. Don't be more than a couple of minutes. There's nobody here, Marriott. This whole setup looks like a tryout, seeing if you obey orders. Let's pull around the corner and... I caught the blackjack right behind my ear, and a black pool opened up at my feet. I dived in. It had no bottom. I uh, felt pretty good, just like an amputated leg. I don't know how much time went by. I forgot to look at my watch. But as I came to, I started to call for Marriott. Marriott. Marriott! Are you all right? What happened? Well, who, who, who are you? Oh... Hey, come back here. Come back here. Hello? Hello? Police headquarters. Let me talk to Randall, Inspector Randall. One moment, please. Inspector Randall. Randall, this is Marlowe. Marlowe? Oh, yeah? Yeah, look. I'm at a gas station down near Malibu, the foot of Woodbridge. So? You better get on here. A guy named Marriott's just been knocked off, beaten to death with a blackjack. I told you a dozen times what happened. I'd like you to tell me again, here in my big comfortable office. Who killed Marriott? An amateur killed him, or somebody who wanted it to look like an amateur. Nobody else would hit a man that many times with a sap. Ah, uh, the oftener you go over it, the sillier it sounds. I'd sooner dig eggshells out of a garbage can than information out of you. Oh, I get it. You don't like me. Okay, I'll go home. Right after you start talking sense. For instance? For instance, you don't know anything about Marriott. You don't know how much money you were carrying. You don't know what it was supposed to buy back. Trusting soul, wasn't he? Now, where's the dough? Where? Well, right after I beat out Marriott's brains, and just before I hit myself on the top of the head, I hid the money under a bush. Uh, and that dame you claim you saw? Uh, she must have thought I was somebody else. She took 
fun look and got out fast. Suppose the jewel outfit got the bright idea of using a private dick for contacts and uh, payoff. Oh, great, great. Now I'm a finger for a heist mob. Look, I'm trying to be helpful. I get up off the nice cold ground. I don't use the car because Marriott's still in it. I walk five miles just so you can be the first to hear the news. I wait for you at the beach and lead you straight to the body so you won't have to wait till next Christmas to find it. I tell you all I know, it sounds screwy. It is screwy, but it's all I know. Sure. Now I'm tired of your bum guesses. Either book me or let me go home. Milo, you'd slit your own throat for six bits. Plus federal tax. Now look, Randall. Go on home and keep your big yap shut. One phony move and you'll be locked up as a material witness. Whoever killed Marriott, I'll get him. Yeah, you'll get him. About the time you get your third set of teeth. And stay away from Marriott's pals. I've been after those boys for a long time and I'm getting close. So watch your step or I may have to pick you up in the same basket with Jules Amthor. Yeah? Hey, is Jules Amthor mixed up in this? Oh, so you know Amthor. I know lots of people in this town, but I never heard of Jules Amthor. Bad guess, Inspector. Good night, Randall. And keep away from the newspapers. I'll do the talking. Well, I went back to my office the next day. I didn't want to be there because my head felt like a nest of rivets. One of my clients was dead, but the other one was still alive, Moose Malloy. And I figured he might be looking for me. Early in the afternoon, this kid walks in. Yeah? Business getting better and better. Pretty. My name is Ann Allison, Mr. Marlowe. I'm a reporter from the Post. Oh, have a seat, Miss Elton. Police haven't been very helpful on the Marriott murder. I was wondering... There's a question I always ask. How did you know about me? Oh, friends at City Hall. Uh, tell me, did Marriott tell you who owned the jade he was buying back? No. No, he, he didn't. Had you known him long, Marriott? couple of weeks. Why? Well, I just wondered if you had any theories about about what happened or what was supposed to happen. Oh, I've, I've got a couple, yeah. Hey, this is a nice-looking purse. Just what do you mean by opening it? I'd like to prove another theory, that you're not a reporter. Why did dames carry so much stuff in a pocketbook? Give it to me. I was looking for a driver's license, what your bank book will do. And the name on this bank book isn't Allison at all. It's Grail. And Grail. Please. Oh, you're a hot rock, baby. I could toss you to the cops. Last night, all I could tell them was that Marriott was buying back some jewelry. You could knock their hats off of that line about the jade. Tell me, Miss Grail, have you ever known a girl named Velma Valento, a singer? I never heard of her in my life. Oh, well, it's just a shot in the dark. Besides, another case. I was just hoping. Who does that jade belong to? What's your interest in it? My interest? Well, Marriott gave me a hundred bucks to take care of him, and I didn't. I'm just a small businessman in a very messy business, but I like to follow through on a sale. The jade belongs to my father. Oh, I gathered from Marriott that the jade belonged to a lady. My father happens to be married. Oh, oh. Well, your mother was wearing it the night of the holdup. She's not my mother. My mother's dead. My father married again. Who sent you here to feel me out? My own brilliant idea. I saw your name in the newspaper. But before I talk to Inspector Randall, I think I'll have a talk with your father and your father's wife. My car's downstairs. Except that I'm expecting to hear from somebody. Well, that case, Mr. Marlowe. In that case, I'll go with you just the same. You're really a lot cuter than Moose Malloy. Come on, let's go. <laughs>
Before Dick Powell and his co-stars return with the second act of Murder, My Sweet, we take you to where there's a local war bond rally going on. And Mrs. White is curious about one of her fellow workers. Uh, Jean, stop here a minute, will you? Tell me, who is that attractive woman in charge of the next booth? Oh, that's Mrs. Jennings. Lovely looking, isn't she? Her daughter's a classmate of my Susie at college. Oh, now, Jean, don't tell me she's old enough to have a 20-year-old daughter. Well, she looks like a girl herself. It's her skin, I think. I've never seen her when her complexion didn't look like that. So soft and really fresh. Well, that's what a lovely Lux complexion does for a woman. Makes her look radiant, appealing. It's what you notice first about her appearance. That smooth, soft Lux complexion. Screen stars know how very important it is to have the charm of exquisite skin. That's why they're so careful never to take chances with complexion beauty. Here's what a famous star, Claudette Colbert, says. I never neglect my daily active lather facials with Lux soap. They're so easy, and they work. Here's what I do. I cover my face generously with a creamy lather, work it in thoroughly. I rinse with warm water, then cold, and pat my face dry with a towel. Now my skin feels smoother, softer, and it is. These facials the screen stars depend on really do make skin lovelier. Recent tests showed actually three out of four complexions improved in a short time with daily Lux Toilet Soap Care. Why don't you try it? you'll enjoy the extra creamy lather, the gentle, caressing way it touches your skin. Nine out of ten famous screen stars use fine white Lux toilet soap. Why don't you begin your daily facials with Hollywood beauty soap tomorrow? Irving Pitchell brings our stars back for the second act. With Dick Powell as Philip, Claire Trevor as Helen, June Dupre as Anne, and Mike Mazurki as Moose Malloy, we raise the curtain on act two of Murder, My Sweet. Philip Marlowe continues with his story. This girl, this Anne Grail, she drove me to her father's place in Brentwood, a cozy eight or nine acres. Okay for the average family, only you'd need a compass to go to the mailbox. House was all right, too, but it wasn't as big as Buckingham Palace. I waited while she sold me to the old folks. It was like waiting to buy a crypt in a mausoleum. And then she called me in. Old man Grail looked like a college professor, and the old lady, hmm, what an old lady. Blonde, gorgeous, and I guess about 30, with a face and a shape that'd make most pinup girls look like gravel Gertie's. She had dimples on her knees, and I was admiring them when the old man started to talk. Do you know anything about jade, Mr. Marlowe? It's, uh, green, isn't it? The jade stolen from my wife was a necklace, 60 beads of about six carats each. And very valuable, Mr. Marlowe. And, dear, why don't you sit down? What? Oh, yes. Now, how valuable? A somewhat larger necklace recently brought $125,000. Yes, I never should have worn it. It was stupid. Inexcusable. Where was the stick-up? If you'll excuse me, I'm going to lie down. Mrs. Grail will talk to you. I'm most anxious to locate my jade, Mr. Marlowe. I can only hope it can be managed without any publicity. Wait a minute, Father. I'll go with you. May I mix you a drink, Mr. Marlowe? Uh, thanks. I hadn't thought there were enough murders these days to make detecting very attractive to a young man. Well, I stir up trouble on the side. 
Uh, tell me, uh, how much of your money was in Marriott's envelope? $8,000. Water or soda? Scotch. We assumed they'd never guess its real value. Who knew you were going to wear the necklace that night? My maid, perhaps. But I trust her implicitly. Why? Because I trust some people. I trust you. Did you trust Tom Marriott? In some things. You're not drinking, Mr. Marlowe. I thought detectives were heavy drinkers. Well, some detectives just encourage other people to drink. <laughs> Shall I tell you about the hold-up? It uh, might help. Well, I'd been out dancing, and Tom was bringing me home. Where have you stopped? Oh, near here. Does it matter a lot? Oh, not too much at the moment, no. How many other guys take you out dancing? I'm very fond of my husband. Only his two-step's getting a little stiff. Miss Grail, do you know Jules Amthor? I've heard Tom speak of him. Why? Oh, I don't know. The cops told me to leave Amthor alone. Is he a bad boy? A lot of Tom's friends are, I'm afraid. Tom was rather a heel himself, but a nice heel. <sighs> you don't know how horrible I feel. Why? Why? Because I'm responsible. I asked Tom to try to buy the necklace back. Oh, I, I just can't understand the whole business. All they took was a necklace. I was wearing a ring, too, but they didn't want the ring. Uh, about Jules Amthor, what's his record? No, he's sort of a psychic consultant. I think he's a quack. Tom went to him because he was all mixed up. He, he couldn't get started for fear of failure. I wonder if he'd take my case. That sounded like the door closing. It was. Anne's been standing there. Oh, strange child. Mr. Marlowe, you will help me, won't you? Why? Because you like me or you're paying me something in money? Well, I've never hired a detective before. What are the rates? As much as a traffic will bear. How do I find Amthor? Well, he's really quite inaccessible. Yes? Mr. Amthor is here, Mr. Well, show him in. Well, don't look so smug. He really is inaccessible. I didn't have the faintest idea he'd be coming. Mr. Marlowe, how do you spend your evening? I'm in the phone book. This is great. Oh, come in, Mr. Amthor. This is Mr. Marlowe. Oh, how do you do? Mr. Marlowe is a private detective. He was with Tom when... when it happened. Oh? I was hired as a bodyguard and bungled the job. Now it's myself I'm investigating. Oh, these things are so difficult to believe. What could have happened? I've got a couple of notions. Would you like to help me work them out? Oh, I'm afraid I, I wouldn't make a good detective, Mr. Marlowe, and I'm... Yeah, I know, I know. You're inaccessible. The police told me to keep away from you. You look harmless to me. I'll be very glad to arrange an interview. Just leave your number with Mrs. Gray. Oh, don't go to any special trouble. I'll bring my own crystal ball. Hey, how do you get out of this fun house? I was home that night trying to add things up. Moose Malloy, Marriott, Helen the Beautiful Blonde, and Jules Amthor. I put it all together and it just thumbed its nose at me. I decided to go down to Florian's Cafe and split an infinitive with the boss when the buzzer changed my plans. I had a visitor, Helen Grail. I just dropped in because I thought you'd be interested in what Amthor had to say. Oh, and here. Shall we call this a retainer? Yeah, let's call it a retainer. Mr. Marlowe, do the police know about me? Would that bother you? 
Well, my husband has a morbid fear of publicity, and he's not at all well. Oh, I'll manage it. Now, about Amthor. Oh, please. I don't like being rushed. I was hoping we could go out somewhere. You like the Coconut Beach Club? I've never been there. I'm the drive-in type. <laughs> the lights there are very flattering. They'd even mellow you a little, I think. But it's the sort of a place where you're expected to wear shoes and a tie. Mm. I'll be right with you. We went to the Coconut Beach Club. We had a table in the corner. She gave me that dreamy smile and started asking questions. You know, you've got a nice build for a private detective. Oh, it gets me around. How does one get to be a private detective? <laughs> you don't mind my sizing you up a little? Well, most of us are ex-cops. I worked for the district attorney. Got canned. Surely not for incompetence. Uh, for talking back. I had an interesting childhood, too, but you didn't drop in on me to get a biography. You'd rather I talked about Amthor. That's right, a good guess. Well, then, stay right here. I've got the powder my nose, and then I'll tell you all about it. Well, just be back before I get stuck with a check. Hello, Miss Gale. I'd like to talk to you, too, but not now. Do the Grails always hold their family reunions here? It won't take long, what I have to say. Look, honey, I've already got a date. She'll be right back, and I don't want you two slugging it out in public. Mm, there's no danger of that. She won't be back. How do you know? Never mind. What did Helen ask you to do? She wanted me to kiss her and find her jade necklace. I may have the order wrong, but that's the general idea. Well, whatever she was willing to pay you, I'll pay you more. Just stay away from her. Why do you look at me like that? I don't know. I seem to remember you from one of my better dreams. You, you, you know if I... Now what are you looking at? I'll be right back. Uh, hello, Mr. Malloy. Do you like this place better than Florian's? This the babe. I got something for you to do. Look, look, I'm a big boy now. Don't you want me to have any fun at all? I want you should meet a guy. Will you let go of me? Another ten seconds and gangrene will set in these fingers. Thanks. Okay, I'll ditch the babe. I couldn't ditch the babe. The babe had ditched me. First Helen had disappeared, and now Anne. Anne had left the card on the table. She'd written on it, I'll keep the offer open. I don't live in Brentwood. My address is 962 North Hoover Street. Moose saw me put the card in my pocket. He came over and hustled me out to the curb. There was a car waiting, also a guy to drive the car. He took us to a very ritzy apartment house, showed us up to the penthouse, and then did something that made me rather unhappy. You, uh, you carry a gun, Sally? Oh, I'm so used to packing one, the hardly notices on me. I think maybe I better hold it, eh? Stop the stalling. Let's get inside. He was there, all right, Mr. Hamster. Me and Moose got him. Thank you, Michael. Mr. Hamster, I'd like you to ask him about Delma. Don't be impatient. You and Michael wait in the other room. Come on, big boy. <laughs> but you ask him quick. I want to know now. Where did well. you... Where did you pick up Moose Malloy? 
Just a bunch of bananas that look like fingers. I wonder what a...
some new Chris Crack. He's dropped a new album, What Y'all Mad About Today. The track was real more attractive than perfect. Always killing it with the song titles. Before that, Bernard Pretty Purdy song for Aretha. Then we heard some new Kenny Beats. He dropped his album Louie last month. That track was Last Words. Brand new music from Absol featuring Zachary. That was Do Better off his upcoming album that hasn't released the title or any major information yet, but I'm patiently waiting on a new project from him. New music from Afterthought and Ian Santillano, Fly Away featuring Sean G. Benny Sings, B5. New music from La Doña, Mañanas Tristes, King Giz and Lizard Wizard, Kepler22B, some phony people once you say hello. Let me start things off with that. Crumble, Duckworth, 1130. And uh, right about now I gotta get into this artist that I saw this past week that just put on one of the best shows I've ever seen in my life. I'm talking about the Mars Volta right here. Back together, first tour in 10 years first new album in 10 years and they played a legendary two-hour show of everything I could want for for them and just hearing that modern prog shit live in the flesh there's nothing like it so I'm gonna bring it back right now to one of the tracks they performed that's probably my favorite this is off their 2005 album Francis the Mute Olivia Vasquez you're tuned into the final hour on Nuni Radio.
This is a David Bowie song. 